My twin brother may not speak to me in words, but he communicates through love better than anyone else that I know. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Beyond the Waves podcast. I'm your host, Julia Taranzak, and my twin brother, Michael, has Down syndrome and is my inspiration behind everything that I do. My mission is to share the lessons I've learned in unconditional love through growing up with Michael, to provide a means of healing while empowering you to achieve what makes your heart sing, all while revealing the beauty behind each individual who has Down syndrome. Thank you for joining us again. This episode serves as a bonus to our very first episode. And all I wish to do in this quick little bonus is just to go over what Down syndrome looks like. If you're curious and you're wondering, what is Down syndrome? Maybe I've interacted with someone who has it. Maybe I haven't. I don't know. This channel just goes into more of just the scientific background of what Down syndrome really is. So a couple of things to know is that it's the most common chromosomal condition that's diagnosed. And each year, there's about 6,000 babies that are born in the U.S. that have Down syndrome. So that means that Down syndrome occurs in about every 1 in 700 babies that are born each and every single year. So Down syndrome will happen when there is an extra copy of the 21st chromosome. So normally, whenever a baby is born they'll typically have 23 pairs of chromosomes, meaning that they'll have 46 chromosomes total. Whatever chromosome number you're born with is what you stay with. You don't typically grow more chromosomes or lose any. What you're born with is what you got. So for someone who has Down syndrome, like I mentioned, they'll have an extra copy of that 21st chromosome. So they'll have three copies instead of the usual two. And this extra copy creates a few changes that are typically seen in Down syndrome. And something to note is that each individual is impacted by Down syndrome in very different ways. You typically don't see two individuals who are impacted the same exact way. There's physical characteristics and distinctions. There's mental characteristics. There's also comorbidities that go along with it. So what I will do is go over an overview, but... Something important to know is that not everyone who has Down syndrome is impacted in the same exact way. Some people argue that Down syndrome isn't a spectrum. I don't dive into that argument. I don't get that nitpicky in my words because I honestly just don't care and I don't wish to degrade anyone or get angry at someone who uses that kind of terminology. All I understand and all that I know in my experience is that everyone who has Down syndrome is impacted in different ways. And I'll typically say that Michael is a little bit more severely impacted since he's nonverbal, but I'll get into a little bit more of characteristics that can be seen in terms of physically along with mentally, and I'll kind of dive into those a little bit more before I get into Michael. So those who have Down syndrome, some common physical features that you'll see are that they have flatter faces, They've got beautiful almond-shaped eyes that I think is their most clearest distinction, at least for me. That's usually the best way that I identify someone who has Down syndrome is to be able to look at the shape of their eyes. 
They also tend to have smaller ears, a shorter neck. Their eyes also tend to have tiny white spots that are on the colored part of their eye, on their iris. They may have smaller hands and smaller feet. And they also have a single palm crease on their palm. So if you look at your palm and you curl your fingers in, when I look at my palm, I see three distinct creases. Those who have Down syndrome are typically only going to have one crease. There's also a lot of individuals have hypotonia, which means that they have poor muscle tone or they may have looser joints. So Michael didn't even start walking till we were about three years old just because he has that lower muscle tone. And with the looser joints, oh my gosh, Michael is so hypermobile, so flexible. There are so many individuals who have Down syndrome and they can just sit on the couch. They can have their foot behind their head. It's absolutely crazy how flexible they can be. And those who have Down syndrome also end up being a little bit shorter when they're children and along with being an adult. So growing up, Michael and I, you know, we're twins. We're growing up same kind of space-wise, at least timeline-wise. And most of my life, people didn't even realize that Michael and I were twins because he's so much smaller than me. And even I myself am a little bit smaller. Growing up, I was always small. So Michael always seemed even younger than he was. I think we were about maybe three, four inches apart. So I was usually the taller one. So always threw everyone up when I threw everyone off when I told them that Michael is actually the same age as I am. And some things to also know about Down syndrome is that there's also three different forms of Down syndrome. The most common form is trisomy 21, which happens at about 95% of those who have Down syndrome. And this means that every single cell in the body has three separate copies of the 21st chromosome rather than the usual two copies. The second version is translocation Down syndrome or familial Down syndrome. And it only happens for about 3% of those who have Down syndrome. And it happens when an extra part or a whole entire extra chromosome of the 21st chromosome is present but it's attached to a different chromosome rather than being a full separate 21st chromosome. So typically in trisomy 21, you see three separate 21st chromosomes. Translocation Down syndrome means that there can be just a part of an extra 21st chromosome or a full one, but it'll be attached to a different chromosome. And lastly, there's mosaic Down syndrome, which affects about 2% of those who have Down syndrome. And mosaic means a mixture or a combination. So for individuals who have mosaic Down syndrome, some of their cells may have three copies of the 21st chromosome. Others may have the usual two copies. So individuals who have mosaic Down syndrome may have the same features as other individuals who have Down syndrome. And they also may have fewer features of the condition just due to some or a lot of cells that have a typical number of chromosomes. So as I mentioned, that extra 21st chromosome can lead to some physical and developmental changes. And we know that it's caused by an extra chromosome, but we can't really say for sure why Down syndrome occurs or how many different factors play a role in it. 
One role that people have seen is that when a mother is older, especially if she's over the age of 35, she has a higher chance of having a baby who has Down syndrome rather than a woman who's younger. Just because a mother is older, has a higher chance of having Down syndrome, most babies who are born with Down syndrome actually have younger mothers. And this is just because there's more women who are under the age of 35 giving birth. So there's more women under that age giving birth. There's just going to be a higher chance of babies who have Down syndrome born in that case. But just a reminder, those who are older tend to have a higher risk of having a baby who was born with Down syndrome. As I mentioned beforehand, there's also some other health conditions that can be commonly present alongside Down syndrome. So this is also known as a comorbidity. This is when two conditions are present at the same time. So some of these things may be hearing loss. Sleep apnea is a really huge one as well. So this is when someone's breathing stops while they're sleeping. This can be really loud snoring. This can also wake them up in the middle of the night. This also prevents someone from getting their full night's sleep. So it's really important to get this checked out. Those who have Down syndrome can also have a higher risk of ear infections or eye diseases. Heart defects can also be present at birth. About 50% of individuals who are born with Down syndrome also have congenital heart disorders. So my brother was born with this. When we were about four and a half months old, Michael had open heart surgery, which is a big, big deal for a young baby to have. So luckily he got that taken care of and now he just gets annual echocardiograms every year to make sure that everything is running smoothly. Another thing that's really common in Down syndrome is that a lot of those individuals are also gluten intolerant, so it's really important for them to watch their diet. And they also develop characteristics of Alzheimer's really early on. Usually once they reach the age of 40, it seems like they have Alzheimer's. It's not exactly the same. It's very, very similar. And everyone who is born with Down syndrome is impacted in very different ways. And something that I really want to note that I think is really important is just with the advancement of science and how much it's been able to advance the lives of those who have Down syndrome. So just back in the 1980s, the average life expectancy for an individual with Down syndrome was around the age of 25, which is, I, that just completely blows my mind. Michael and I are 24 right now. I just couldn't even imagine that. But something that's really awesome to know is that there's been so many advances in research that have helped alleviate symptoms of congenital heart disease, along with other diseases that are comorbid with Down syndrome. So nowadays, these individuals can live a lot more fulfilling lives and have a life expectancy around the age of 60. So just a difference of 40 years has shown that Down syndrome, that individuals who have Down syndrome can live much more longer and much more fulfilling lives. And as far as Down syndrome goes, when I was younger, I had hoped to find a cure for it. And little did I know there already is one, which is abortion. And I'm not going to get into the whole debate on pro-life and pro-choice. I know my opinion is controversial no matter who you may be, so I'm not going to get into that in this podcast or in our blog. But something that I've asked myself as I've grown up with Michael is understanding and trying to see why it's important to keep the Down syndrome community. 
And something that I've fallen in love with is the genuine kindness that radiates from these individuals. It's the unconditional love that they share with others. And something that I hope to do in this podcast is provide a glimpse of what it looks like to grow up with someone who has Down syndrome. And now, rather than curing Down syndrome, I aspire to find a means of improved public health recommendations for these individuals that could stand to improve their quality of life. Like I mentioned, there's many comorbidities that can be associated with Down syndrome. And when we find ways to treat those comorbidities, that's where we can find a more fulfilling life for those who have Down syndrome. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode. In future episodes moving forward, I'm going to be sharing more of the lessons that I've learned from Michael. I felt like it was appropriate just to give at least a short explanation of what Down syndrome is in case any of you are wondering And I'm looking forward to joining you on my next episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's episode, please let me know. You can find me on Instagram at beyondthewavesblog. And if you know someone who may benefit from today's episode, please feel free to share with them so we can share the Beyond the Waves mission of spreading unconditional love and showing what it looks like to grow up with a sibling who has Down syndrome. I'm so grateful for all of you, sending you all so much love, and I'll talk to you next week.